nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast that reviews the movies and talks that nerd shit. This is episode 637, and it is your review of Apur Sansar. As always, is the nerd. You're going to hear the host of the show launch, my wonderful co-host, Brad Young Yoda. What's up, everybody? We're going to wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thursday. Thursday, live Thursday. and early. For our patrons over at patreon.com slash the nerdcore at the $1 tier, you get this episode live and early so that way you can communicate with us while we review this film. And it's available for available to you for two days before it goes live at 12 p.m. Central Time for the public. And, of course, uh, just thank you to all our patrons who make that possible. Brad, before we get into today's review, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Happy to be home. Yeah. Yeah. Work was work. <laughs> I have to. I have to talk about that on a on a mini pod. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank God we get to do it early. <laughs> oh man. You know what, man? We're we're almost there, Brad. It's almost time for the holidays, and then we have to deal with that, right? Yeah. Then we get. Then we have to deal with the holidays. Yeah. But. But uh, yeah, we got a few extra vacation days, so that's always good. And though we won't be uh, podcasting necessarily, might still be streaming somewhere else. So might catch man. a few games here and there. Who knows, man? Who uh, knows? Yeah, all I know is that uh, what's it called? Uh, I I um yesterday I went to uh, watch the Iron Claw. Fantastic film. Uh, I hope I can do a. A review with Luis before um, be soon because I would like to get that out already for y'all. Um, fantastic film, my favorite film of the year so far, and uh, yeah, the, the Iron Claw, yep, the Iron Claw. But um, I did that, Brad, and then I just went to work today. Um, not much going on here, just working. Yesterday's the movies. I think I'm gonna go see Wonka this Wonka? weekend. Interesting. Yeah. I want to see that movie. I, I sent you the trailer, American Fiction. Yeah, Rachel watched that already. Yeah, said it was good. It was okay. It's like it was. It was all right. I mean, it looks interesting. Like I, I, I was listening to NPR today because when you're driving around and in my shit. area, that's the only fucking thing to listen to. <laughs> you're like fuck else, I gotta listen to. Yeah. 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 Country music? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well. Um, yeah, I just been doing that and um that, that man not much going on around here. Just uh work, watch that movie. I think I'm gonna go see Wonka. And then Stacy says in the chat, sounds like Brad's hiring a uh hinting at a stream of Yoda and Yodar in Baldur's Gate 3. Man, throwing it back, throwing it back to the Dungeons Yodar. and Dragons. Yep. Yodar. Yep. Yeah, 
Yodar's days are gone, man. You pretty much. I I mean, uh, yeah. I think that's that's <laughs> probably nice. that's probably through. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah, I I could have told you that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it's been, done. there has been no outreach to try and get that back and started again. So. Yeah. Hey man, that just means my our our our, our Wednesdays are clear now. <laughs> my Wednesdays are clear now. Um, but it happens, bro. You know. You can always just play him in a uh, Baldur's Gate three, Brent. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, dude, I um, I just uh, I just been doing that. Um, you know, it it sucks that I keep seeing people get their orders in from uh, the company that I bought from Black Friday, and I still haven't gotten shit. So, you know, I just I'm like, I know that y'all are gonna probably send that shit like next month, but it's just like, damn. I really want it. <laughs> I want that shit. Send I want it that now. Shit. <laughs> Put it yeah. in my hands. Yep. But um oh that's it, Brad. That is it. Um I oh I I I continued working on some of my uh Houston Cinema Trustable coverage. I have two more reviews I need to write. This time I'm not doing it a whole three months late, so I'm actually kind of getting through <laughs> that's it. That's good. That's good, not procrastinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get through some movies here, man. I'm trying to see if I can uh, get access to some films that I need to before the end of the year, man, because I would like to be able to watch these movies before the end of the year. And, uh, but, and not playing in Houston and, you know, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, right? Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> no, where, we, where we at? No, you don't. Yep. But nonetheless, um, are you, let's, let's get, let's get into this, right, Brad? Cause, um, I, I think we don't have a lot, we're going to have a lengthy discussion here. Um, so, Let's go ahead and get this going, Brad. Of course, this is our third movie in this month. This is also the final uh, in installment in the Apu trilogy. So, um, wait, what the heck, man? I I made my I made this banner, bro, and now you're telling me it's not there. That's cool. The banner is gone. Damn. Well, yeah. Uh, today we're gonna continue on with the final. Um, um, Review of the Apu Trilogy as we look at Apur Sansar. And let's go ahead and get that going now, Brad. So this is mine. So I'm going to go ahead and read for you all. No, not Five Nights at Freddy's. There we go. The World of Apu. Um, Apu. You misspelled Apu. Yeah? You misspelled Apu. Fuck me. <laughs> this is what I was in fucking... What's it called? Um, this shit goes wrong, bro. That's great, bro. <laughs> The Nerdcore's podcast has to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Apu Sansar, also known as the World of Apu, is a 1959 Indian Bengali language uh, drama film produced, written, and directed by Satyajit Ray. It is based on the second half of Bibushan's Bandabarhe's uh, novel Aparajitu, following Pator Panchali in 1955 and Aparajitu. In 1956, The World of Apu is the final part of Ray's Apu trilogy about the childhood and early adulthood of a young Bengali named Apu in early, 20, in early uh, 20th century uh, India. The World of Apu uh, stars um, Sumitra Chatterjee as Apu and Sh- Sh- Sharmila Tagore as Apu's wife, Aparna. The duo would go on to appear in many subsequent Ray films. Yep. 
which uh, I believe in the next one, uh, this actress will be in the film that we're doing next week. Um, upon its release on May 1st, 1959, The World of Apu was well-received by critics. It won the National Film Award for Best Feature Film, as well as international awards, including the Sutherland Award for Best Original and Imaginative Film and National Border Review Award, Review Award for Best Foreign Language Film. And of course, the cinematography was done for the by the cinematographer on the last two films, uh, Subrata Mitra. The music is done by Ravi Shankar. Where's the editor? No editor on this one, huh? The editor did not exist. It's just what it's just what was left of the film after the fire. Yeah, the film it sits at the, the film sits at an hour and forty seven minutes, and it had a box office return of uh, seventy five to eighty lakh. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what what's it called, uh, uh, what that equals to in American dollars, but yeah. And um, let's see if we have anything in here, because um, that was a little small. That was a that's, small. That's pretty short compared to. Yeah. The second one had a lot. Yeah. Um. Let me let me see here, because this is trivia? a. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm trying to look at trivia here. Oh, did you know intimacy between a young married couple, such as kissing and hugging, were strictly forbidden at the time? I think I lost a rule. Raul lost me. One other. Yep, this is, this show's going great. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I was talking to myself. My fucking, so my Wi-Fi is gonna start doing that shit again, huh? Yeah, that, that was. Th I, I didn't even realize you weren't there, so I, I just, I just named off one of the, uh, one of the trivia. Um, okay. Well, which, thank you. Was <laughs> it the first one? No, no, it, it was, it was the the second one. It was the showing scenes of intimacy between a young married couple, uh, were strictly forbidden at the time. Yeah, that's what. Um. Yeah. Wow. Um. That kind of makes sense. Shut, now, now that I, then now that I've seen the movie, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, um, Sharmila Tagore was only 14 when she made the film. Ah, also another reason they they, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, the film is included on Roger Ebert's great. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, yeah we know that. Who said that? Yeah. Uh, I know it's a part of the Criterion Collection. The film is completely dubbed into English in New York City at Tilcher Sound Studios. Why would you do that? No. Stop that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sharmila Tagore, who plays a partner of the wife of Apu, played by uh, Sumitra Chaturjee, who, who, who was only 14 years old when she appeared in the film, later recalled filming the scene in which Apu brings his new bride back to his untidy apartment in the city. The, the director, uh, Sayajit Ray, gave Tagore uh, no direction other than that she was to enter the room and look around, and she did not view the apartment set before the, she, they shot the scene. So when Chaturjee opened the door, and they both walked in. Aperna's reaction to Apu's living quarters was actually Tagore's own spontaneous reaction. Later, she realized that Ray deliberately did not prepare her in order to obtain exactly that spontaneous response from her. So um, yeah. this, this, this girl went in there and cried. That was the spontaneous reaction. 
Like, like you're so poor and sad. He goes, now Ravi Shankar was the same uh, gentleman who worked with the Beatles as we saw in film Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. What? Oh, wait, is that the fucking movie with what's it called? Uh, John C. Riley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Walk hard. Walk hard. <laughs> There's an Italian edition of the film on DVD re-edited with the contribution of film historian Ricardo Cuisine. The version is also available for streaming on some platforms. Oh, well, I thought that, that was going to be a... But yeah. Okay. Um, Brad, uh, this is the final entry in the um, in the, in the trilogy, Brad. This is yeah. it for Apu. This was it for Apu. Brad, what are your initial thoughts on uh, on Apur Sansar? Uh, Poor Sansar out of the three, and you know I really like that first one. Um, I like this one more. Really? I like this one more. I I so if we go back to the second one, you relate far more than I ever could to that movie. Yeah. And I can relate to this movie, I think, a lot. Damn. Uh, of that whole of that whole being in love and not being able to afford anything and. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. Oh shit, Brad. Um what's it called? Uh President John F. Kennedy uh, uh watched this film in 1961. I'm sure John F. Kennedy watched a lot of films. Well, I didn't know he was gonna go watch this shit. <laughs> oh, did he actually go to the theater to watch yeah, it? Yeah, he was oh. attending a screening of this film. Oh, okay. February 16, well, 1961. Well, There's that, a picture okay. of it too. Oh, yeah. Secret Service all around, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but continue on, Brad. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I really liked um uh basically the whole story throughout this. Um the ending was a little you know, uh, the ending I was like, oh, it's, okay, I can see where you can go with that. Um but I, I just love that going from uh, a man who hadn't known love and basically had lost everything and then getting that love and then losing that love all go yeah. and he's basically broken he is yeah. he is gone like he I mean, is done he, he, even the the second thing he loved writing his novel he just releases it to the wind and he's just fucking you know yeah. and he he can't bring himself to love his own child because that child is the reason his beloved wife is dead in yeah. his mind at the time until he sees the child. And then when you look at the child, you go, that child looks quite like the wife. Like, yeah. And I think it takes that for him to realize that, that she may not be on earth, but a part of her still is in yeah. his son. And it, it's all over. And the whole thing is just a roller coaster of emotions. It's like, it's like the first two, but this one, I, I, I feel like I, I can relate a little bit more in terms like that and yeah. so um i really quite enjoy just the emotional depth this goes into i thought it was a beautiful conclusion uh to this trilogy and i think it really comes full circle with that ending you know what's it called a Ap literally ends up where his father where his father was he's like he wanted to be a writer and he didn't do it and what's it called and um and now he what's it called has the chance to right the wrongs that his dad um you know, like his dad wasn't able to do for Apu. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to take care of my kid and I'm going to make sure I'm going to be there for my kid. I think the movie's fantastic, Brad. I think it's beautifully crafted. Yeah. I think it's just the, the, the story is so beautiful as well as 
but it's also so heartbreaking because like you said it, man, um, he, the friend even says it, he tells him, um, what's called, uh, you never even been with a woman before. You never even been close enough to be able to talk to one. And he's like, you think about it, you know, um, he would have probably learned about how to communicate through to, to, to women from first his sister who's, who's older than him, who probably would have, he would have probably been able like, okay, so this is how you talk to women. Yeah. And, this. and, and no, gone. and if the sister wasn't there, then he would have learned from his mom. I mean, uh, or his mom he, would have already had arranged a marriage for him. And the, the and the mom that was so that's a different culture and a different society where mm-hmm. the I, I, the mom was definitely you could tell could not be she was there to raise the kids she couldn't be like open and like fret like a friendship sort yeah. of thing of any kind really. But um, because but because both of them are gone, they're dead. Apu doesn't know anything about this. He's very awkward when it comes to that for, to meeting this girl. Well, the fact that like he wasn't even going there to marry this woman. No, he's just going to a wedding. Yeah, then, like literally fell asleep outside <laughs> reading a book. Gets and then woken the next up. thing you know, he, he's being asked like, "Yo, the groom just like totally went nuts." Um, yeah. Can you can you sub in? And which which I think every man in the world be like, nah, nah, <laughs> nah. I gotta, I gotta go, <laughs> like yeah. right now. <laughs> but um, to Apu and like, uh, also you know you learn from your father as well. You know what it means to be a husband and, and all his these father things. Dies at ten. And his father dies. So Apu has no one. No, well, that and he literally says that. He says that to his new bride. He's, yeah, when his he wife's asks, like, like, "Do you know do, anything do you, about me?" Yeah, no, yeah, you have no one. It's like, well, that was kind of cold to say, but it's not wrong. It's true, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, and um, so when he finally gets to open himself up, man, after all these years of losing everyone, even shit, man, even losing his studies, he can't finish his degree because he can't afford it. Like this the one man, thing, this man has. It's so much bottom. He literally goes work in a coal factory. Yeah. A very highly educated person going to work in a coal factory. And back in those times, working in a coal factory, that just meant certain death at some point. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. They, they weren't the safest places. No mine was back but in like, the, the 20s, 30s. What I'm trying to say is also like if you thought that Apu in the last two films 40. had reached like a really critical point in his life. This one is where he hits the worst. Like, you know, he's got all these things, but he was able to push through. He finished his studies. He couldn't continue those studies, though. Because he ran out of money. Ran out of money. But he was like, well, fuck it. I still got to work, and I got to find keep trucking along. But it's that finally being able to be vulnerable, right? And he, what's it called? He finds this woman who he learns to love, and he gets taken from him. Not only that, she loves him back. She loves him back. Like, like literally, the the, the line where... Where um, he goes, uh, I'll get you a maid, and she's like, "How will you get me a maid?" He's like, "I'll get an, I'll get another tutoring job," and she's like, "You know what I want? I, I want, want you to, be to home. have, I want you to have no tutoring job, so you can come home earlier." Yeah. And it's like, yeah. "God damn! All right." <laughs> yeah. And um, it's just man, it's so 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 heartbreaking, bro. Especially when when the guy's there and when he sees him, he's like, was like, oh, like. She goes like a, a Buddha is like, what happened? And, and you just see it. And it just, it comes back to that. Like that first reaction of what's it called? Uh, it, this reaction was so different. Took his reaction to his mom dying. Cause like 
That yeah, was, he just he just got up and left. Yeah, and this one hit like it fucking hits, and he he's, he dude he turns he, turns violent. He knocks that dude <laughs> violent, and then he contemplates killing himself yeah. on the train. Like yeah, that if was it wasn't if it wasn't for the pig. I think uh, a poo probably would have gone through with it. Yeah, and it's just like like I think that's what that's what um what um what what Ray does so great in this film. He like gives so much patience to this one. He like and it's not to say that the other ones weren't patient. Like they were very patient, the pacing and everything. But in this one, he like lingers on some of these moments more, and he's like like it's so it's so heartbreaking that moment when he releases the papers. But it's so beautifully shot. Like he's kind of releasing something that's like been carrying this weight on him. It's almost like this like need to him to become something that's kind of been blinding him from the fact that like, oh, then I wasn't able to put myself out there for so long because I had stayed so connected to my work and to my education because I it was the last, it was the only thing I had. And now like I, I realized that like after I lost my wife, like I really don't have anything anymore. Like what yeah. the fuck is his book worth anymore? Yeah. And, and I, I think it was just another round of trying to become nothing. Yeah. Trying to disappear, trying to, to just be gone after all that. I, I mean, this, this, this character has had one of the worst lives I think I've ever seen in cinema. <laughs> Worse than, um, uh, than Lewin Davis, bro. And inside Lewin Davis, where that guy yeah. was just having a bad day after a bad day after a yeah. bad day. No, th- this guy's this having, having a bad life, a whole bad, bad life. Like, I mean, to go through losing, you know, your older sister and then your, your parents at a young age, and then you finally, you know, out of out of it's like a miracle. You find the love of your life, and then, boom, just gone. It's gone. But so good, bro. Like, and I, dude, the restorative quality on this is massive. There, there were there are a few issues you could see with the film, but the thing was on like, it was on fire. So, Brad, I actually have some some stuff about this one, about this one, about when it comes to the to the film. None of this, none of this film was usable. Obviously, they had, they had to, to use, go back to get all the. They had to get different. What's it called? Um. So look. Um. Here you go. The materials were shipped to a new restorative laboratory, right? For the parts of the negative that were missing or unusable, whatever, right? Uh, six months. Uh, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Uh. Hmm. Or was that for Aparajitu? I think that was for a Parajito. I'm sorry. I believe it was a Parajito where none of it was usable, Brad. No, I, so think, they, I think at the end of this film it said that that none of this could be used. Yeah. Let me let me take a real quick look here. Sorry, guys, but I believe it does say at the end, right? That it says that like none of it was usable. So they had to what's it called? Take like supplemental stuff. They had to take like what's it called? Uh you know, a public uh public prints, and they basically had to recreate the film through all these other prints and clean those up instead. So um, I can understand where that, what's it called, uh, where that uh, was a difficulty, but I think it still looks fantastic, Brad. By, by the way, did you, did you happen to notice the, the Ikiru-esque uh, shot? Where? Uh, when he was, um, when uh, his wife had left and he was walking on like a hill to get down to the train tracks. Not to kill himself, not that scene, but this yeah. was before. It had like the Ikiru, like looking up with the people. You remember the bridge scene with Ikiru? It looked like yeah. that. 
Yeah. Okay, so the original negatives of these of the three films in the Apu Trilogy were burned in a fire. Only two reels of Apur Sansar survived the fire, and they were too badly damaged to be used for this new restoration, which is based on fine grain masters and duplicate negatives reserved by Janus Films, the Academy Film Archive, and the Harbor the Harbor Film Archive, and the British Film Institute. The film was reconstructed and digitally restored in 4K resolution, and the sound restored from multiple optical soundtrack prints and magnetic uh, safety masters by the Criterion Collection. So yeah, like none of the original print was usable. That's yeah. crazy, and uh, and uh, they were able to recreate it with all these other prints and stuff. So, and they still were able. They got a great look out of it. So I mean, you know. they, they saved three films. <laughs> yeah, three three very amazingly done, amazingly yeah. created, amazingly thought out, and filmed films. I thought the um, I thought the score was beautiful as well. I think this is the one that I like that is shot. I think this one shot the best out of all the three, though. Um, I, I yeah. say that this one's the one that's the best. The be I, I, I think so. In the first movie, we get basically, well, kind of like a documentary. Yeah. To be honest. The second one, I, I think he tries like to get more acting in there in, in a way thrown in there. I don't, to me, he doesn't quite hit in this third one, though. It's like everyone's on the same page when it comes to the acting. Yeah. And and maybe it was uh, maybe it was just um you know the actress in this and yeah. just cuz you they had great chemistry. They did. They had some really good chemistry. I I like these two actors. I think they're great too. I I, I can't wait to see um I I think she is in uh, Chirlata uh, the next film we're going to do uh from uh, from Ray but um Brad, you want to see what? Uh, do you want to see what? 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 Um, what? Um, what? Uh, Roger Ebert said about this one, about this, uh, the trilogy itself. Now that we finished it. Yeah. Do you want me to look it up, or are you looking up? You You look it up. I'm trying to okay. see. Uh, yeah. Here. Not listen to the typing in the back. Yeah, I'm trying to see if she's in this next one they were doing. Uh, yep, yeah, Sumitra Chatterjee, uh, Chatterjee, and uh, not the other dude, but he, what's it called? Uh, but the girl is in the next one that we're doing. Um, well, the first paragraph is pretty good. All right. Uh, so he gave, and we've said this, he gave four stars to the whole trilogy. A perfect score. That's that's a perfect score from, uh, that's his perfect score. It's four yeah, out of four. Considering the guy gave, what, one star to Taste of Cherry? Yeah. Yep. But anyways, uh, I mean, he, he's right on this. So um, the great, sad, gentle sweep of the Pooh trilogy remains in the mind of the moviegoer as a promise of what film can be. Standing above fashion, it creates a world so convincing that it becomes, for a time, another life we might have lived. The three films which were made in India by Ray between 1950 and 1959 swept the top prizes at Cannes, Venice, and London and created a new cinema for India whose prolific film industry had traditionally stayed within the narrow confines of swashbuckling musical romances. Never before had one man had such a decisive impact on the films of his culture. Yeah. And it's just perfectly sad, man. I mean, this guy, this, he like, the way that he just puts all of his culture in this, but also just the the very familiarity to it, like there, it's shot in a way where it does feel like you're literally just a spectator yeah. and you're watching it. Like as if like it's just just happening in 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 your backyard, and 
I, I thought that this trilogy was fucking masterful. I thought it was an incredible, incredible trilogy. And um, I'm going to go ahead and give my final verdict of, uh, of Apurza and Zar. I'm going to go in, what's it called? Uh, 9.25, a little bit higher, a little bit higher than, um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, uh, Butter Panchali is the nine. And uh, I'd say this one's a nine too. I just, I prefer Butter Panchali, but I think that this is really good. And I think this is a really good movie. Brad, what's your final verdict? I am going to give this one a straight up 10 out of 10. Wow. All right, Brad. The first perfect score for Ray, man. He gives it a, a 10 out of 10. Um, great, lovely film, man. It's it's so it's, it's so beautiful. good, dude. It's so good. The, the whole the whole all three films. And for being this man's like this that first one being his first film. Oh, this is his fourth film. This, this is, is his a fourth film. The the man the man's like a, a savant. <laughs> the man's a genius in some form or fact. This doesn't happen. Like, I mean, I mean, I I want to go back now and watch Kurosawa's like first few films, the propaganda yeah. films, because I know they're not going to be. But yeah. if you have those restrictions on you, but for this man just to come out and be like, look at my four first four films, they're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how. And now that I'm also looking at it, the fact that these are just two novels, Brad. Yeah. Like, keep half. Well, not half. Like seventy five percent of the first book. Is Butler Bajali. And then that last, what's it called? Uh, 25% of the book. And then half of a Parajitu. Well, is and, and a Parajitu, like, like, that doesn't even, there was nothing written. He's like, act. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do something. He still, he took it, took his creative liberties with that. Yeah. And then here he, like, okay, and I'm just going to, uh, what's it called? Do the rest of the book in this one. Yeah. Uh, but, I think it's fantastic, man. Sanjay Ray is an incredible director, and the I man, just the really the pen's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Why <laughs> um, an incredible director? Uh, he's 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 incredible in this uh, in this in these films. I can't wait to see uh, Charlotta Charlotta next uh, next week, and then we end it with our mini pod of the hero, uh, featuring the same uh, what's it called the guy who was in this film, uh, the same actor, but um. Yeah, man, I just fantastic. I, I can't wait to see it, you guys. And uh, yeah, that concludes our review of a person Sar and our review of uh, reviews of the Apu trilogy. Thank you all so much for joining us. As always, you can find us at the nerdcore.com, the nerdcore on Instagram, the nerdcore underscore on Twitter, patreon.com slash the nerdcore at the one dollar tier. You get this episode and other episodes of the nerdcore podcast live and early before anybody else gets to watch it uh, in the public. And, of course, our Discord link is in the description below, so you can go ahead and talk to us on there. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do us the favor of subscribing to this channel. That would really help out a lot. Click the notification bell so you don't miss a single piece of content that drops on the channel. And leave a like on the video. All of that really helps us out a lot. And, of course, we could really appreciate, if you're, we would really appreciate if you're on, listen to this on your favorite podcast app of choice. Please leave a five-star review and follow us on that app. It would help us out a lot, too. Of course, uh, we thank you all so much for joining us for these three reviews. They've been great. I've, I love this month, man. I really do. I, I, I think this is one of my favorite months that we do because uh, we get to watch these great directors and we get to learn about movies that we just wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have gone to eventually. I don't like, think we've had a bad month with these. No, we haven't. Hey, I don't. I, you know anything about this director? Nah, let's watch him. 
even Ozu, that was very different. We were just like, well, it's still really good stuff still, here. Still good. I mean, yeah. I mean, not not quite my cup of tea in all respects, but still good. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, we got one more left for the public and one left for the uh, for the Patreon. Of course, guys. Like I said, next week is our last week doing this until we come back for the new year when we're gonna do our top ten of twenty twenty three. But in the meantime, uh, just stay tuned for what we're doing. I might be able to film some extra reviews with Luis so you'll have some of that fluffer in there if you miss us too much and it's quite lonely during the holidays. So you want some nerdcore during the holidays, then I will try to do that for y'all. Uh, uh, but... so, um, um, check uh, Luis's. Oh, yeah. Check Luis's YouTube channel. Lots we, of fun. We, we, we've been making content with Luis. <laughs> At least I'll put fun. I knew that you were going to fucking bring that up. <laughs> Jesus <Okay. Christ>. yeah. <laughs> Wrong one. Yeah. Well, well, Matt Groening is a fan of the trilogy. That was oh. a, that was a trivia, apparently. Really? Yeah. That's why he called himself a poo. I I don't know if that's why he used a poo, but yeah. it says Matt Groening is a fan of the Poo trilogy. Damn. Someone's got to ask a uh, uh, Matt Groening. Yeah, yeah. Um. So with that said, Brad, let's go ahead and get him out of here. All right, Rome. Thank you for being the host as always. Thank you to Stacy for joining us in chat today. Thank you to our listeners out there, our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And to end this episode, um, check on your fever. Like, go to the doctor. Just go take to the doctor. Tylenol, please. Yeah, take Tylenol. Check check the fever after watching the. I, I'm I'm. Well, she died know. during childbirth. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like everybody else died of damn fever. <laughs> I'm I'm a little I'm a little traumatized by that. So if you're sick, go get it checked out. Young Yon out.